millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in to episode 53 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. It's been a while. It's been like over a week, I think, since we dropped Almost a new a episode. Yeah, since we dropped a new episode of BJN Radio. But Coomzy and I are back for a little off-season chat, crack a beer, chat about what our favorite baseball team is going to do over the next couple of months here. It's brought to you by DoorDash, where you can get 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order when you use BJN Pod DD. DoorDash, proud sponsor of the entire nation network of podcasts uh cam we heard from mark shapiro the other day first off how are you enjoying the postseason we'll get into all that other stuff later i was actually just about to ask how many minutes of postseason baseball do you watch this year i feel like for me i've watched probably about probably under one hour uh i'm probably right around there as well i was too salty to watch the uh the wild card games and no, the, and the divisional series. I just still was sitting there like, fuck that. The Jays should be in this. I'm starting to get a little bit more into it now. And uh, like, I'm at least watching the highlights of, of all these games. And I'm starting to get back into the rhythm of watching baseball. Like that Dodgers game the other night was sick. That was very good last night. They with their, with their comeback win. Yeah. Um, and oh, that great. series is interesting. Now, if Atlanta would have went up three, nothing like, no, if the world series is Houston, LA, I'll That's be great. in on it. I'll That's be in fun. on it. There's a story I, there, right? Yeah. With like LA getting their, uh, whatever revenge on Houston after the sign stealing year, all that shit. There's a good story there. If it is Boston, Atlanta, I might not watch the world series. No, if Boston is involved in the world series, I can't watch it because the blue Jays are better than the red Sox. I hate it. Stupid. I also don't want to watch Atlanta in the world series because they won like 65 games this year and made the playoffs. Stupid. I hate it. If, also, Acuna, if Acuna was there, I'd be a little bit more inclined to watch Atlanta, but he's not. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's they're boring. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not interested in the Braves at all. I also, I, I still also just can't stand the fucking tomahawk chop. I'm like, why uh, do you do this? So not only like, like we all know it's people in the fucking South, like you're trashy. It is what it is. But like, why is, why, why are the TV broadcasts glamorizing it so much? Like what fucking year is it? It's weird. Atlanta anyway. only won 88 games this year. That is stunning. Yeah, that is staggering. Three fewer wins than the Jays had this year, and the Jays didn't make playoffs. I hate yeah. it. I hate Super it. annoying. Fuck this. <laughs> Anyways. Good start. Good start for the podcast. Good vibes. We're, we're still mad <laughs> two and a half weeks later. <laughs> yeah, we are still pissed off. Absolutely about the Jays. Uh, let's get into some offseason talk, though. Uh, Mark Shapiro spoke to the media the other day, and you know it was kind of like his State of the Union address. 
where, where do you want to go first here? Cause there's definitely some interesting stuff that came out of this. Yeah. The one kind of general takeaway is Shadowbeard asked a question that was kind of framed as, okay, so the pandemic this year and last has resulted in you and pretty much everybody else, I guess the Blue Jays to a larger extent, having a revenue shortfall or making cash because, you know, 20, 2020 was a wipe for pretty much everybody because nobody had fans. And then this year was not quite a wipe for everybody because, you know, lots of teams, you know, like in Texas, immediately had full stadiums, but the Jays, you know, they were playing in Dunedin, they were playing in Buffalo, and they finally came back to Toronto for whatever it was, 35 games, I think it was. And then they didn't even have 35,000 fans or 30,000 fans until the final six games of the season. So like a lot of gate revenue for the Jays was lost. Uh, so Rogers didn't make as much cash as they probably would have anticipated years ago for the beginning of their contention window. But of course they still certainly made a whole bunch of money on TV. So kind of rambling long story short here is Shapiro said, despite the revenue shortfall, they're still on track to invest in the team as they're now moving into their window, which personally I don't think is at all a surprise. I think there was some skepticism that Rogers might cheap out because of the pandemic, but given they just made the $150 million investment George Springer last winter after the COVID year, I don't think there was any valid concern. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Like for me, I'm not concerned at all that they're going to cheap out. Like, I don't think we're going to be sitting there, you know, a week into the season and be going, man, I hope Steven Matz can be a, you know, a number three or a number four for this or a number four for this team. Right. Or like, Oh, Matz and Pearson better be able to hold up because they didn't replace Robbie Ray at all. I, I think they will go out and they'll spend. Um, the interesting part for me will be, are they going to spend $20 million more than they did last year? Or are they going to do the big upgrade via trade and get someone who's maybe a little bit more cost effective in that sense when it comes to real dollars? Because on fan graphs, their, their estimated final payroll in 2021 was $141 million. And fan graphs is estimating that in 2022 right now, with the arbitration, with the guaranteed money they have, um, they'll be around 114. So realistically, you could expect them to at least spend what they did last year, right? Like that's a fair assumption that they would do that. And that would mean about $30 million. Yeah, pretty much where we are like right off the hop is so MLB trade rumors does their arbitration projections um, in mid October every year. And the Jays have 12 guys that were eligible to go to ARB. I guess it's 11 now because Jacob Barnes just got DFA. So it's 11 guys, it's Stripling, Barrios, Teoscar Hernandez, Simber, Richards, Barucki, Danny Jansen, Vladdy Jr., Tim Meza, Trent Thornton, Kevin Biggio, and MLBTR had them coming in at an estimated 43 mil. So if you add that to the 58 mil, they already have uh, committed 2022, which is Springer, Ryu, Grichuk, and Guriel. You're at basically 100 mil for the team. If MLBTR's projections are right, and the Blue Jays don't go and sign, say, a, you know, Hernandez to a six-year contract that makes it a bit different than what is what is our projection would be. So we're pretty much sitting at 100 mil right now, and that doesn't consider, you know, Ray, Semi, and Mats, any of the upgrades, players like that, or guys on, you know, minimum deals, like an Alejandro Kirk or a Santiago Espinal. So there's quite a bit of room to move around. The question is kind of like you said, are they going to go ahead and spend a huge amount of money? Or are they going to go and lean in and spend $180 million in the fucking team. Like I think that's pretty much what all of us want, but the largest we've really seen them spend in this era is like the 15 and 16 years. They were up at around 160 and I doubt they'll go beyond that. Yeah. 
what uh what would be interesting like i talked about the trade thing right like if you go out and spend close to 30 mil or whatever it ends up taking to get robbie ray done and then you go on the trademark and you go get jose ramirez well he's only making 11 right mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what i was getting at with the whole you know just being more cost effective by instead of spending dollars spending assets and spending you know some prospects which again they've shown over the last two winters that they're willing to spend dollars and they showed at the deadline they're willing to spend real prospects right um so i honestly wouldn't be surprised if we get one of each if we get a big free agent signing and then we go out and we see them make a big splash on the trade front as well that's actually a good way to kind of bring up the other thing the other thing that was interesting is this would have been the other day dan shulman went on uh it was buster Olney's baseball tonight podcast they talked about a whole wealth of shit, um, playoffs related. And then finally at the end, only asked, all right, Dan, like, you know, the Blue Jays, you follow the team closely. You're their play-by-play guy. What's going to happen with Robbie Ray and Marcus Semyon? You know, they were two of the Jays' best three players. They're both free agents. And Dan Shulman went and said, he thinks they're both gone. His reasoning, he didn't go into too much depth about Ray. He kind of was just like, uh, you know, I just don't expect them both back. But he went into quite a bit of depth about Semyon and said that while the Blue Jays do have the cash to sign both of them, his anticipation with where their budget winds up and what they're going to get paid coincides. They could do it. But what he thought was the Semyon thing's out of their control. He thinks Semyon wants to go out west, back to where he's from. He's from California, played in Oakland, and he wants to play shortstop. Neither are things the Blue Jays can provide because he's very certain that Bo Bichette is the shortstop of the future. And then with Ray, it was just the Blue Jays probably won't pony up the cash to a this guy after the best season of his career when he doesn't have a great track record so i mean this is a distinct possibility i think fans will be super fucking pissed off if both ray and Semyon leave but i also don't disagree with shulman i don't think that the blue jays are necessarily going to be worse just because they they both leave well here's the other thing like did no one saw the robbie ray season coming no one saw the marcus Semyon season coming to sit there and say it's a guarantee you're getting Cy Young quality stuff and MVP level stuff from both of them again next season. It that's so far, so far from a guarantee you could bring mm-hmm. back Semyon and like he, it, I think he's going to regress next year. I don't think Marcus Semyon's going to be the same Marcus Semyon. That was an insane season. That's a career year. I know he's kind of done in the past back in 2019 as well, but even bringing those guys back is so far from a guarantee in terms of production again and, and value. So I, I think Semyon's good as gone, which sucks because he was a yeah. really great Blue Jay for this one year. And it sucks that we never got to see him play postseason ball here. Um, but I, I just agree with with Shulman on the West Coast thing, too. Like, I just think this is a guy who he seems to really value the family side of things. We saw yeah. how well he played when he did finally get to go back to Oakland and they went to the coast and he could see his family. Right. Um, I've I could very easily see him signing in like Arizona, like a team that's just gonna be like, hey, we need to kickstart this little rebuild thing here. There's a good veteran. We'll give you 25, 30 mil, come play close to home. You can play shortstop, all that good stuff. Um, You know, San Francisco just signed Brandon Crawford. So I don't think they're in the mix. Oakland's obviously not because they wouldn't even (laughs) fucking qualifying offer. The Dodgers are the other interesting one too, because Corey Seager is a free agent. If he fucks off and signs with the Yankees and they just go ahead and sign Sammy in. That's always a possibility. I could see him in LA too. Yeah. the, The angels always sign a guy. Every year they sign a guy and they don't get any better. So that's always a possibility too. So, I mean, there's so many California teams that have so much cash that, I mean, even the Mariners too, right? Like they had a weird year and they have no money committed to anybody. So they could throw a bunch of cash at Marcus Semien. Like he'd be a perfect player on that team too, right? Like same thing. I mean, that guy's going to get paid so much money. 
I mean, also the other question is that I kind of want to bring up between Ray and Semyon. If you could only bring one back, who would it be? I think it might be Robbie Ray again, just because if you get even anything close to what you got last year, your rotation with Ray, Barrios, Ryu, Manoa, and then one of Pearson or Matt's, that's one of the best rotations in the American League. And I think the order and their lineup can still keep up offensively without Semyon. You know, and again, maybe you go get a Jose Ramirez, but without Semyon, I still like their lineup. Without Ray, I like their rotation less. So I think I would still pick Ray. That's kind of been the answer I've been giving consistently. Yeah, I, I, I used to feel that way too. And then I think maybe it's just a recency bias with Ray having that rough start and that last go against the Yankees. And then there was the very troubling numbers about his, you know, performance third time through that's kind of soured me on him actually being an ace. But I think for me, it is keeping Marcus Semien around. He was so good and was such a good like mentor to have for the young players as they move up. Mm-hmm. I would I would personally go ahead and throw the, the bag of cash at Semien because I think he's more likely to age well than a pitcher like Ray, who's been kind of an enigma throughout his career. So resign Semien and then go ahead and also trade for Jose Ramirez and then have that be your infield. Jose Ramirez at third, Semien at second, Bichette at short. It's doable, right? And then just don't sign any fucking pitchers. Go ahead and find the next Robbie, right? You got Pete Walker. So he can can fix pitchers on any given day in this hypothetical you've laid out. They're going Springer. Ramirez. Springer, Ramirez, Vlad, Bo, Semyon five, Teoscar six, Guriel seven. You know, who, who, somebody else. Eight and know. then nine would be fucking, right. I don't even know anymore. I've lost track of where I am. The point being, that's insane. And that's like an embarrassment of riches, riches. But the other thing where I'll agree with you a bit on that point is if you bring back Semyon, you know, maybe you can try not find Robbie Ray 2.0 in the sense you're going to go scoop someone out and turn them into a Cy Young winner again. Like that's, again, that's not happening. Robbie Ray's not going to win the Cy Young again next year in all likelihood. Um, but maybe like, there are other options out there on the free agent market when it comes to pitchers. And maybe you can just pluck one of those guys off, bring them in here and they give you value. If you only have to pay them, you know, 18, 19 million compared to Ray getting 29, 30. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the, the thing for the blue Jays is as Shulman said, and this is what he said during his talk was if the Jays sign these two guys, which they can, they're going to have the budget for it if they did go ahead and do it and they're going to have no money to spend anywhere else more than likely. I mean, the bullpen last year was dog shit. They're not going to have money to go and sign a bullpen veteran. They're not going to be able to sign a, you know, veteran third baseman. They're not going to be able to add a lefty bat. You know, they're not going to, there wouldn't be the cash necessarily then to do the, you know, the Jose Ramirez trade that we all kind of just assume is going to happen. Right. So I mean, what probably makes sense for the Jays in this offseason is really going to fucking stink. Like, it's going to be sad to see both these guys leave because they're both unreal. And it's unfortunate because we only got to see them play, again, like 30, 35 games in Toronto. But the reality is, is the Jays need to raise the floor of their roster a bit. They need to add quite a bit around. They need more starting pitching depth. They need, you know, a deeper bench. They need a better bullpen. They need to add in a lot of places. Like, that's the reality. They can't just blow their whole load on two guys. Because then you also have to pay Bowen Vlad soon. Teoscar has to get paid soon. Alec Manoa is going to need to get paid uh, eventually. Like Jose Barrios needs to get paid right away. Like he's arm eligible too. Like there's a lot of contracts up that they're going to have to pay soon. And I'm not sure it makes any sense really to go and pay two guys coming off the best seasons of their career. It might just not be the right move. How much do you think Noah Syndergaard gets? 
I think I was actually about to bring that up. I was like, Noah Zindergaard hasn't pitched in what, like two years now? He didn't pitch in the COVID he pitched, year. He didn't pitch. Did he, he pitched pitch a little bit. He, Did no, he? but he didn't pitch, or he started to pitch down the stretch here. I mean, I would be thrilled to bring Noah Syndergaard back. That would just, even if he was dog shit, just seeing him finally in a Blue Jays jersey would be such a vindication. It'd be such a win. They could also go ahead and sign Aaron Sanchez and Anthony DeSclafani, who was also a free agent after a great season in San Francisco. You can also see a fucking Jeff Hoffman's a free agent and Justin Nicolino and just bring the whole band back together. Just have like every top pitching prospect from like 2012 to 13 that we all <laughs> told ourselves is going to be the starting rotation by the end of the 2010s. And just uh, finally put it into fruition. Cindergard pitched two innings this year. Were they good? No. <laughs> In ERA of nine. <laughs> oh, well, nevertheless. But Cindergard, I mean, hey, yeah. Robbie Ray 2.0. He's got the stuff. He does. Give Let him Pete uh, Walker get in there. Yeah, give him some time with Pistol Pete and rub his magic wand on him. And Cindergard will become an ace and he'll win the Cy Young next year. And the Blue Jays officially won the RA Decky trade. Cindergard and Ramirez to replace Semyon and Ray, huh? Yeah, sure. And then also sign like 17 relievers that are fantastic as well. Yeah, I was looking while you while you were talking there, I was looking at the bullpen. So like Romano, Meza, Simber, Richards, like they're all probably back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you count one of like Castro or Merriweather as a wild card. So yeah. you, you're probably, you probably want to go get what, two like solid bullpen arms this off season in, in, in all likelihood. Yeah. You, you also have to make a decision on what Nate Pearson is because oh, that goes God. into your plans. If you say, all right, Nate Pearson's a multi-inning reliever. He's going to throw 80 innings largely as a reliever, maybe some three inning outings, maybe some, you know, bulk guy starts, but he's basically a reliever. Then that means you don't have to spend quite as much cash on relievers. And yep. maybe you drop a lot of cash on one very good reliever. Like, you know, last year it was Kirby Yates. They, they threw some money at Kirby Yates, even though there was, you know, very obvious red flags. There was a very good chance his arm was going to fall off and he didn't, wasn't going to pitch. And then lo and behold, his arm fell off and he didn't pitch. But, you know, it wasn't a huge contract by any stretch of the imagination. This time around, it's like, you know, the bullpen was the weakness last year. At what cost? It's what cost in the playoff spot beyond, you know, playing on the road for four months. But you know, if they're going to, if they're going to spend somewhere, it might, that, that might be it, right? Go ahead and add some yeah. veteran relievers. Go and add a real closer. I mean, Jordan Romano might be a real closer. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. He, but like, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Like go get a guy like, um, like the Kimbrel move this year, right? Like the White Sox didn't need Kimbrel. They had a real closer, but they went out and got Kimbrel cause he's fucking electric. So the Jays have their really closer in Romano, but go get another guy if he's fucking electric. Yeah, but don't don't make it Craig Kimbrell because he was horrendous for the White Sox. Yes, good point. Be, be careful with these moves. Don't don't acquire Brad Hand. <laughs> don't, don't do that again. Just or maybe make you sure do. This time, when you acquire the veteran reliever, it is actually a good veteran reliever. I mean, mm-hmm. more more Adam Simber type trades, ideally, more Trevor Richard type trades, ideally. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the way to go there. Um, let's keep cruising through here. We've kind of tackled the payroll free agency thing. Like, I mean, it'll be fun over the next month or so as the world series wraps up and we get into the off season to start hearing like some more kind of concrete rumors that aren't just people, you know, like us sitting here and saying Noah Syndergaard's name with no reason. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That's all this is right now. Um, but what else you kind of, uh, was there any other takeaways for you on, uh, oh, from, from Shapiro's thing? There's one thing that I, uh, just remembered looking through the notes here is that 
Shapiro seemed very confident that Major League Baseball and the Players Association will come to a new CBA by the December 1st date, which would be ideal. Because I think we've been very, everyone's been very doom and gloom about this whole situation because, you know, the players and the owners really were at each other's neck the past couple of years, especially with the COVID thing. Yeah. You know, there was a whole lot of jerking around going on, like, you know, how are we going to handle salaries during the shortened season? Are we even going to play a fucking season or, you know, X, Y, and Z, there was a whole bunch of different stuff. And there's a lot of different, you know, just issues with the collective bargaining agreement with the service time, such a huge issue. The baseball's middle class has largely disappeared. It's very much so like a lot of guys making a whole bunch of money, a lot of guys making nothing. So we'll see how that gets worked out. The draft has already been changed. There's a whole slew of different issues, but Shapiro is very close with major league baseball's front office. And if he seems confident that this is going to work out, then that's probably a good sign. Unless he's just, you know, blowing smoke up everyone's ass, which I don't think will be the case. Cause I think Shapiro has been largely transpa- transparent about things. And I don't think he would go out and say that if it wasn't accurate, because it just isn't a good look if, you know, we wind up with a fucking lockout come April. So it, it, it would certainly be ideal if that deal was met or the, that deal was reached that early, because otherwise we're going to deal with like a very ugly off season. I mean, if there's no CBA yeah. in place by the beginning of December and then we get to like Christmas, then, you know, no contracts are going to be signed until, you know, February or March or something like that. So hopefully that gets itself sorted out at like the earliest possible time, because we'd love to have just a normal off season, not one where everything drags out extremely long. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd love to get going on this kind of stuff again. Like the playoffs haven't done a lot for me. I, I know the, the championship series here are getting, are getting pretty good. But again, when your team just misses the playoffs, you, at least in my experience in every sport, I usually need like a solid two week morning period to like really yeah. sit back and be like, damn, that really did suck. And I don't, I want to pretend this sport doesn't exist. Um, but I want it to wrap up and I want to get right into some off season talk. I don't want to have to wait around and deal with like lawyer speak on sports center about no. like, Hmm, this is where they met again at head offices today for eight hours. Like, I mean, we see that shit every four years with the NHL. I don't need to go through a baseball winter where it's all lawyer. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I haven't witnessed a, MLB lockout in my lifetime. I've witnessed how many NHL lockouts have we had now? Three in your lifetime. It'd be three. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was one in the nineties, but I wasn't old enough for it to remember. So it was oh okay. four or five wiped completely and 12, 13. So you would have only seen oh, two yeah. then. Yeah. So it was one and a half. Yeah. That's, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that on a baseball podcast. Cause I'll rant on it. There's um, a, oh, I can rant about the NHL CBA for, for days. What else do you think is some of the big name free agents that are out there? Like you mentioned, like, you know, Seager and just like, ah, the Yankees will dump a bunch of money because they're sick of like Glaber Torres or whatever. Right. Um, but what do you think? Do you have any bold predictions on where some of these big names could kind of end up? The market kind of is unfortunate because it seems inevitable right now that the Yankees are going to go ahead and sign a couple of really good guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have Carlos Correa's out there. Um, Corey Seeker's out there, Semyon's out there. It's really hard to imagine this offseason happening without the Yankees going and adding a really good player. I kind of think it's going to be Seeker. I just have a hunch. I have a hunch the Dodgers will just let Seeker go, qualify and get the draft pick and then just sign somebody else. I mean, there isn't much to that hunch. Otherwise, beyond, I just think it's going to happen. And then there's all these old pitchers too. Like the pitching market's really unique and really interesting. Yeah. You have at the same time, like Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, and Max Scherzer. 
And then you have Robbie Ray, who's going to win the Cy Young. And then you have also like Marcus Stroman, Kevin Gosman, and then a whole bunch of mid-tier names like that. And it's like, geez, like maybe the Jays are, 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 would, would be good to go and add like a, a veteran like that. Like maybe take a gamble on Grinky or take a gamble on Verlander throw money at Max Scherzer or something like that. Because I think the thing that worries me specifically about a Robbie Ray contract is not, is Robbie Ray going to be good in 2022? No, is it's like, is he going to be good in the fifth year of that deal? Right? Like mm-hmm. what we're looking at for Robbie Ray is the deal that Zach Wheeler signed, which I think was 118 mil over five or six years. And it's like how years four and five look for a guy that throws hard and maybe his arm falls off. Right. So and and all these old, you touched on it earlier, but that would be coming in years where you have to start paying Bowen Vlad and, and the young guys. Right. So do you, do you want to go commit five, six years to Robbie Ray when, yeah, I like the point you made. Can you go find a veteran guy out there that only needs a two-year deal and you can go dump a shitload of money for the next two years and reevaluate. And you don't have to worry about years four, five, and six of a big contract because there won't be those years on the contract. Yeah, pretty much. Like you, that's why you go ahead and sign like a veteran like that. And you just, <laughs> be just cool as fuck for the Blue Jays to have like a Max Scherzer in the mix. I don't know if it's feasible or if it's anything that's going to happen because I, we talked about this last off season, but the Blue Jays do have kind of an uphill climb uh, dealing with free agents right now because the border is still a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll see, but I don't know. I'm optimistic for the off season. I mean, Shapiro in his thing, he said, the Blue Jays are going to spend. There's no reason to believe they aren't going to spend because they've spent back-to-back off seasons. They spent after, you know, playing a 60 game season exclusively in Buffalo. If they spent after that, they're going to spend after this when, you know, you largely packed your half capacity, you know, stadium in Toronto and got everybody excited about the team. They're not going to bitch out now. So I don't think it'll be Ray and Semyon coming back. I, I agree with Dan Shulman. I think his logic is sound. I, do imagine they probably are both gone, but I think the upgrades will come in different ways. I think the Jose Ramirez trade just seems like it makes too much sense. He adds like the, the perfect thing the Blue Jays need switch hitter, good patient approach, good third baseman. Like that fits like a glove. And then, you know, find yourself another starter, find yourself the next Robbie Ray that Pete Walker can fix. Go ahead and fix the bullpen, bring in veterans that are good, add another veteran starter, you know, this and that. It doesn't have to be blow your load on two guys. Go and sign a lot of guys, guys to shorter term deals. So you have more flexibility, go and pull the trigger on another huge trade. Like the window is wide open and they're, you know, it's going to be like a franchise altering off season. They have to really have a big one this winter. Yeah. The Ramirez thing you said it, it makes too much sense. Cause then you run an infield again, assuming Semyon's gone running an infield. That's Ramirez, Bichette, Vlad at first, whoever's catching. And then at second base, BGO and Espinal, right? Like, I mean, I saw a post up at BJ uh, on the site about, you know, Espinal probably deserves more playing time. Like the guy hit 300 or above 300 last year. Um, he probably deserves more playing time. And I think a BGO Espinal splits probably fine at second base to start the year. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the Ramirez thing just makes way too much sense. If you miss on Ramirez or you decide you don't want to give up prospects in a deal like that, or the ask is too high or whatever. Um, third baseman on the market. I mean, Kyle Seager wouldn't be a bad spot to check down to, right? No, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be terrible. I mean, Seager brings what he brings and he wouldn't be expensive. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, a left-handed hitter. He's a veteran. He's always healthy. He's always playing. Like, would you rather go and dump an eight year deal at Chris Bryant 
and hope that he's just significantly better than Kyle Seeger. Of course, he's going to be a lot better than Kyle yeah. Seeger, but I mean, really, like, are you going to spend that kind of cash on Chris Bryant? I don't know. That's a, it would be, it would be kind of funny though, because the Jays did draft Chris Bryant in like the 37th round, whatever year that was yeah, before yeah. he wound up going number two overall to the Cubs after college. But I mean, that would be pretty funny. Full circle. He'll get Chris Bryant in the mix, get Noah Syndergaard in the mix. Yeah, get, get all get the band guys. back together, you know. Yeah, get the whole fucking band back together. But no, I don't. I, I, I yeah, I keep telling myself like it's. I haven't. I haven't yet talked myself out of Jose Ramirez happening. So I haven't even really considered like that seriously. Seager or Bryant or anybody like that. I'm. I'm just. I'm just firmly aboard the Jose Ramirez wagon. And if it doesn't happen, then it's just like, all right, let's let's give Santiago Espinal a go at third base and spend some money elsewhere. Spend some money on pitching. What do you put the percentage chances of Ramirez being a Blue Jay next year at? Are you 99? Really? Like you actually, you're that certain that they're going to go and get this guy? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. That's just like how badly I want it to happen. <laughs> I'm just, Fair enough. Like, it just makes Fair so much enough. sense. What are the odds? I don't know. Like this time last year, we were all so adamant that Francisco Lindor will be a Blue Jay, right? Yeah, that that had smoke to it too. Like that had the big. That wasn't just fucking randos like us talking and fans no, on that Twitter. That had big time rumors. Yeah, that was everybody. But I mean, yeah, there was. It made so much sense because the Cleveland connection again. But again, circling back to Ramirez, it kind of, it kind of seems like that would be a priority for the Blue Jays more so than bringing back Semyon. Because another thing to remember about last offseason is Semyon wasn't their top choice. It was Michael Brantley. Mm-hmm. They. They signed in quotes Michael Brantley, and then they didn't. The deal didn't happen, right? It was right after George Springer, and then Brantley wound up actually re-signing with the Astros. And it was okay. Fuck, we've gone and signed Semi, and that happened a couple of days later. And the Brantley thing made all kinds of sense because you know they needed to add a lefty, somebody who took good at bat, somebody who hit for a high average, somebody who is more of a contact hitter. Like that's what their lineup really lacks, and that's exactly what Jose Ramirez is, right? Like he's not you know, a pure lefty like Brantley, but he's a switch hitter and he can bat left and then he takes those kinds of at bats. So that's just why I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be him. Like there's other players you can trade for that are like that, but that's just the kind of profile it seems that they're definitely going to be seeking out this offseason, which is why I don't think the truckload of cash to Semyon is going to come. Before we wrap up, should give some love to our friends over at the Sports Closet. As you head closer to the holiday season, sportscloset.ca should be your spot. They got a great big sale section going on right now. They're also fully stocked up on Jay's gear, whole bunch of Major League Baseball teams, NFL, CFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, you name it. Sports Closet has it. If you're in the Edmonton area, they have three stores around. If you're not in the Edmonton area, guess what? They ship to you. Bang. No excuses. Sportscloset.ca. You want to you get a new jersey, Coomzy? Sure. What do you think I should get? A Jose Ramirez Blue Jays jersey? There we go. Now? That ties everything together nicely. I'm reading. I was actually just looking at a Bleacher Report article, and they're predicting where guys are going to go. Corey Seager to the Yankees. Eight years, 280 mil. Ooh, eight yeah. years. And they have Carlos Correa going to the Marlins. Really? Ten years, 340 mil. That give is, give uh, me a few more of these. This is, um, all right, so uh, Kevin Gosman, they have signing with the Blue Jays, uh, four years, 100 million, where Robbie Ray winds up signing with the Angels for five years, 135 million. I could so, see that. That makes a lot of sense, makes, actually. That makes like sense. them getting a big been arm in on like Gosman that. in the past, too. The, the, the Jays have been in on Gosman in the past, so that, it, it makes some sense. It's possible. Uh, where's Semyon going? Semyon is going... 
to the Giants to play second base, I guess, for five years, 125 mil. Okay. So Gos- so Ray is gone. Uh, Semyon's gone. They've both gone out west. The Blue Jays signed Gosman, who was out west and is now out east. And I'm guessing in this hypothetical Bleacher Report world, the Blue Jays have traded for Jose Ramirez. Yeah, probably. Corey Seager on the Yankees makes me feel physically sick. That fucking sucks. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. You definitely don't want to see the Yankees get any better. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. What we should be, do, uh, what we should do next time around is uh, we should we should list off like the top uh, free agents and make guesses as to where they're going to go. That'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, we should put that on the list for uh, for our next pod episode. Let's do it. And Let's do uh, next time. If any news somehow breaks, not that it will during the playoffs, but as more rumors drop, maybe we will uh, we'll continue dropping these uh, podcasts. Right, Coombs? That's what we'll do. We'll drop them sporadically and randomly, so be ready. And uh, before we go, I gave I gave some love to the Sports Closet. Hit them up for your holiday shopping, but also twigandberries.ca. They got some good stuff on there as well, and right now you can save some money with their end-of-summer sale. And you can use the promo code NATION15 and get you 15% off your order. Free shipping in Canada on order $75 or more. Twigandberries.ca. Coomzy, um, you enjoy the ALCS and NLCS if you can bring bring yourself to get back into it. Potentially enjoy the World Series if it's Dodgers-Astros. If not, we will pretend like it didn't happen, just like the one back in 2015. Yeah, I'm not enjoying the ALCS. I'm not watching. I'm not a part of it. I don't mind the NLCS. That's fine. I'm cheering for the Dodgers. I'll watch the World Series if it's a 2017 rematch. If not, I'm just pretending it's not happening. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll chat soon. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.